Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest insights, trends, news, and resources from leaders in the building performance and rating world. Here's your host, a committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, and the podfather of energy efficiency, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here at Res Talk to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights about a broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the resident ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy rating. That's right, trends. Housing trends have significant importance to the ResNet community. In addition to tracking progress of the ResNet HERS ratings, the hundreds of data points collected on each home provide insights into trends in energy efficiency, component selection, and electrification. What are some of the latest trends in HERS-rated homes? And what value can this data provide to all the stakeholders in ResNet? ResNet welcomes back the program director for ResNet, Ryan Mears, to share with us some insights he has gathered from the 2023 report, Trends in HERS-rated homes, a statistical abstract. Ryan shares with us the impetus of the report as well as the latest trends in this publication's third year of issuance. Some of the big picture trends that he notes are 129% increase in annual ratings from 2013 to 2022 and hitting just shy of the 338,000 ratings last year, of which 80% were single family and 20% were multifamily. Massachusetts is again number one with 82% of new homes receiving a rating, and Indiana comes in second with 68. Also, eight states achieved 50% of more of their new homes being rated. And then when looking at the total number, the absolute number of ratings, Texas comes out on top with over 81,000 ratings. As a note, in the upcoming Rust Talk episode 117, we'll learn about the HERS rating index and the Texas House Bill 3215. Ryan also shares with us other topics that surfaced from the report, including efficiency, component types, and the usage of these components, as well as trends towards electrification. In the show notes, you'll find links to the 2021 and the 2022 report, and you'll receive a link to the 2023 report as a subscriber to the ResNet newsletter. And if you're not a subscriber, there's a link in the show notes to get on the list. Okay, let's get on with the conversation with Ryan Mears of ResNet, talking about data trends shedding light on energy-efficient homes. Welcome back to ResTalk, and I have my most recurrent guest on the show again (laughs) on the podcast, Ryan Mears. Good morning, Ryan. Yes, hey, good morning, Bill. Good to see you again. We got to see each other at a conference just last week. Man, it seems like two weeks ago. It does, yeah. Things are cooking in the energy efficiency industry and homes and all that kind of thing. And as they're cooking, things are changing and trends are being developed. So we're going to talk today about the Data Trends Report. And this is the third year ResNet's putting this out? That's correct. Yeah, this is our third year doing the Data Trends Report. And it was started the first year back in 2020. We published the first one. And it was initiated by our Suppliers Advisory Board, which is a mix of HVAC and insulation and even wood industry manufacturers and associations. 
that are part of ResNet, basically. They have a representative that serves on the ResNet board as well. And so they're curious about what's going on, what are the trends, be able to tune their business and keep up with the customers and keep up with what's going on. So before we start, when does the report become available? Who can get access and how? Yeah, so it will be publicly available most likely early June, possibly late May. It'll be published. ResNet will send out a network email to all of our email subscribers, and it'll also get published on the ResNet website as well. Very good. So people who haven't signed up for the ResNet email, this is a good chance to do it. Go to ResNet.us, and you'll very easily find where you can sign up for the email list. Let's dig into this. You track... The ratings, that's an important figure for ResNet to track. Over what time period are you tracking those and what are the trends there? Basically, every HERS rating that gets submitted to the ResNet registry, we have several hundred data points on each of those homes that are rated. And so the ResNet building registry was started actually in 2012. We started accepting ratings. The first full year was 2013. So we have now a decade of ratings in the ResNet registry going back to 2013. And from 2013 through 2022, we saw 129% increase in the number of ratings submitted annually, which is a great number. And we've had year-over-year growth now for that decade. So we've consistently had more ratings each year than the previous year, going all the way back to 2013. And what type of housing stock is evaluated in these ratings? Most of the ratings are going to be new construction, actually. Typically, about 95% are going to be new construction. And then it's there's a breakdown of between single family and multifamily. Single family is going to be around 80%. At least that's what it was for last year. Typically comes in between 75 and 80% of all ratings are going to be single family or duplexes. And then the other 20 to 25% are going to be multifamily ratings. And I imagine it- the rating activity has concentrations in various states. Can you bring forth some of the data on what's happening in different states? Yeah. So because we're so new construction heavy, our ratings often follow the big new construction markets. Many of those are going to be in the South. Actually, in terms of climate zones, the number one climate zone for ratings is climate zone two which is the southern U.S., a big chunk of the southern U.S., I should say. But we also look at the percent of new homes that get rated by state. So we take a look at permit data and compare the number of permits pulled in a state against the number of single-family and duplex HERS ratings that happened in that state. And once again this year, Massachusetts comes in at number one with 82% of all new homes in that state receiving a HERS rating. And then Indiana actually comes in second, and they've been a high performer for a while. They had 68% of all new homes rated last year. And then in 2022, we had eight states that actually achieved 50% or more of all new homes in that state getting a rating. So these are really good numbers. And in those states, really demonstrating the market penetration of HERS ratings in new construction in a number of states. Now, you probably don't ask the question, but do you have any clues as to why they are higher in certain states than others? Any factors that drive those? In Massachusetts in particular, they have a green communities program. So for communities that opt into that, they get some funding for different types of green programs. And it also does require new homes to get a HERS rating. So that's one of the things that's really driving Massachusetts. And in Massachusetts, HERS ratings are also 
part of their state building code, the energy code. So that's another thing that's driving it. In other states, it's not quite as clear. It's a mix of builder competition. We have a lot of the largest home builders in the U.S. are doing HERS ratings. Some of them are doing HERS ratings 100%. Every home they build is getting a HERS rating. In others, it's division by division, where one division might do 100% HERS ratings, another division may do very few. So in some of these markets, the markets where there's these big, say, top 100 home builders that are building, they often have company policies to do ratings. So we're seeing higher numbers there. But in some states, there's going to be incentive programs. Utility incentives often help to drive HERS ratings. So that's another thing that we see. So it's a little bit of a mix of code requirements and builder competition and incentive programs. And when it comes to just the sheer quantity of ratings, I know the penetration data is important, but the sheer quantity, which state tops the list? Yeah. So when we look at just the sheer number of ratings, Texas comes out on top almost every year because it's such a huge market for new construction. And so over 81,000 homes got rated in Texas last year. And it's also encouraging that they also have adopted a new state law in Texas that allows HERS ratings to be used in any of their jurisdictions in Texas for energy code compliance. And we see that as a promising sign. As that's getting off the ground, we expect to see even higher levels of HERS ratings in Texas. We did a podcast on that not too long ago, three or four ago, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes if somebody wants to go back and understand that. And then how about as you drill down, again, this is data. This is one of the things you like to do, I think. (laughs) Any particular jurisdictions, municipalities rise to the top in terms of number of ratings? For the last two reports and now for the next report, we also take a look at what municipalities are seeing the most HERS ratings. We look at specifically the city that is getting the most. So for this year, that's going to be San Antonio, Texas. Just within the city limits of San Antonio, over 7,000 HERS ratings But when we look at multifamily, Charlotte, North Carolina actually comes out on top there with the most number of multifamily HERS ratings. From a different slant at the data, looking at the HERS scores and some of the information about the homes themselves, the componentry in the homes, can you give us a flavor for that? We do look at average HERS scores. We always publish the national average for HERS scores. And last year, that was a 58 which is unchanged from 2021, which was also a national average of a 58. The average single-family HERS-rated home was about 2,700 square feet, a little shy of 2,700 square feet. And then when we start digging into more of the component-level data, we're looking at things like foundation type, insulation values, windows, and mechanical systems, ventilation systems, envelope leakage, and we even take a look at solar as well. So we break out what each of those looks like at an average level across all ratings that happen in the U.S. So can we take a peek at some of the component data and just tease out a little bit of what you're seeing in trends? And some of it, I guess, foundation type and envelope leakage rates, that might be related to climate zones. Do you break it down that way too? Yeah, we do look at climate zones. What's interesting on the foundation type side is that Slab foundations are just far and away the most common of the approximately 338,000 ratings last year. Over 300,000 had a slab foundation. 
And then there's a few others that are very small numbers like vented crawl space or a conditioned or unconditioned basement. And then we have an other category, which is those homes that may have more than one type of foundation, perhaps a slab and a crawl space or a basement and a crawl space. But far and away, slab is the most common in terms of foundation type. And do you have any data on envelope leakage rates? That's one I'm always curious about. Yeah, leakage rates are interesting. About 80% of HERS rated homes fall between a two and five air changes per hour. And that's for single family and multifamily. And then we also look at what about those homes that are getting like less than two air changes per hour. And that's still a decent number. 27,000 homes were able to achieve less than two air changes per hour. And roughly about 40,000 when considering multifamily and single family got higher than a five. But this trend is pretty consistent over the last several years of most homes falling in that two to five air change range. And how about the use of solar? That's always an interesting topic. Yeah, solar is. In looking at some of the numbers for this year, that actually they're going up quite significantly. So there were about 15,000 HERS rated homes that had solar last year. That's more than double the 2021 number, which was just shy of about 7,000 homes. So we're definitely seeing increases there. Some of that is actually coming from California. We have just a few builders in California that voluntarily do ResNet HERS ratings, aside from the mandatory HERS ratings that are required under the California Title 24. So those builders that are doing ratings in California, they're required to use solar. So there's several thousand ratings coming from California, and all those homes have solar. And the average score of those is typically around 30 or so because of the solar requirements in California. Sure. A little bit off topic, but is there a code in California that's driving the requirement to use solar? And how does that apply? Yeah, the California Title 24 does have a solar requirement for new construction. So although the builders that are doing a ResNet HERS rating there are doing so voluntarily, they are required under the California Title 24 to include solar on their homes. And so that's why we're seeing those numbers go up on solar, especially with the homes coming out of California. Got it. So another big trend we could or should talk about is electrification. What are some of the details there that you pulled out of the data? With so much focus on electrification, a lot of federal funding going in that direction, I took a look at some possibilities of how we could use the ResNet HERS rating data to see where there might be good opportunities for electrification. So I took a look at homes that have an electric heating source, but are using gas hot water. And there was about 30,000 of those just last year that fall into that category. Then I took a look back further for the last five years, there's over 125,000 homes that would fall into that category where they have an electric heating source, most likely a heat pump. In some cases, it could be electric resistance, but they're using a gas hot water heater. So that seems to be a good opportunity to switch out a gas hot water heater to an electric or a heat pump water heater and almost fully electrify that house. How about completely electrified homes? Do you have that data? Have you looked at that? Yeah. So when we look at all electric homes, so these are homes that are going to have an electric heat source, they're going to have an electric water heater, and they're going to have an electric oven as well. So just last year, that number was about 69,000 homes. And when we also 
took a look at the states where this is happening most frequently. So the top five states for all electric homes is going to be Texas and then Florida, Arizona, North Carolina, and Virginia, where these homes are all electric. So that's another encouraging statistic. And we also see this number get even more pronounced when you start heading toward net zero. A home that is achieving net zero or very close to it is much more likely to be all electric than any other HERS rated home. Sure. What's the feedback you get You've just, since this is the third year doing this report? Do you make any changes to the way you accumulate or deliver the data? What's been the trend with the report itself? Actually, what's interesting is that we do get feedback and we present on these data trends that the ResNet conference and other conferences. The first year, it was really just single family that we started with. And then we got some feedback that said, hey, we'd really like to see some multifamily numbers as well from those rating companies that are doing a lot on the multifamily side. So we started incorporating multifamily. And then we got some feedback in the following year said, hey, we'd really like to see what these trends look like over time. So we started incorporating on some of the different data points what those trends look like, say, for the last five years. And we're going to do that again and add some more stuff in. But even more exciting, I think, than some of the changes we've made and additions we've made to this report is the way that we can manipulate the data now. So that first report we did back in 2020 was I get a big spreadsheet that's got almost 300,000 rows with data on all the homes, and I've got to use that to conduct the analysis. And since then, we've instituted a new data analytics tool called Kibana which is a very powerful data analysis tool that allows us to look at a lot of these different variations. Like I can very easily go in now and search for homes that have an electric heating source, but a gas hot water heater and generate that number. And then I can go in and say, well, what does that number look like over time for the last five years? And I can quickly generate a chart that shows what that trend looks like. So the way that we're able to manipulate the data and analyze it has improved significantly just in the last three years with the adoption of this new tool in Kibana. How do you spell Kibana? K-I-B-A-N-A. It's an off-the-shelf tool developed by a company called Elastic, and it's a fantastic tool. ResNet's using it on the data analysis side, but we also use it now as our quality assurance tool. So our QA team can use Kibana to go in and investigate issues with inputs and rating files. If they're working on QA with one of our QA providers, they can go in and get a snapshot of all the ratings that that provider has submitted, any flags that have populated. So we have a number of about 100 flags or so that will automatically generate when the rating gets submitted to ResNet. And these are things like outlier flags, like if an insulation value comes in really high that's typically outside the normal bounds, it will generate a flag to let us know, hey, we should ask the provider about this the next time we have a review with them. And then we have red flags. And red flags are those that they're data fields that have an impact on the HERS index score. So it could be something that was submitted that has a, could be like a wall framing factor that seems to be really, really good. We can flag that and know that it's something that we may need to address with that rater or with their provider. Are the past reports still available? They are. Yep. Actually, probably the easiest way to find them is to just do a Google search for HERS data trend report, and you can find those. They are available on the ResNet website. Got it. 
Besides the supplier advisory board and communicating with the communities, do you use these like in code hearings or code meetings? Yeah, we do. And sometimes we'll give this to, we often will get contacted from either efficiency advocates, home builders associations that are looking for data on HERS rated homes, often because they're trying to defend a code proposal or oppose one and they're trying to find something that supports that in terms of data. And so we can direct them to these reports, but sometimes they need something that's more specific to their state. And so with our new data analysis tool, it's easy to go in and just filter all the ratings by one state and we can pull this type of information for them so that they can use it to support or oppose different code proposals. And actually on the envelope leakage side, we frequently find this, that the builders are saying, no, it's too hard to hit that number. Others are saying, no, it's not. And so we'll say, hey, this is how many HERS ratings have been done in your state in the last year or two. And this is where they come in in terms of envelope leakage rates. Very interesting. I think you and I both love data. So (laughs) (laughs) I could see the electrification topic area growing, having more interest in because there's a lot of discussion about that right now. That's very cool that you're picking up on that as a finding topic. Very good. There's probably a lot of people can't wait to see the report come out. I will include some links to the past reports in the show notes in case this comes out a little bit before the actual issuance of the report. It may come around. The timing may be that it comes out right around the time of the report. So you'll get to listen to Ryan and read the report at the same time. Yeah, that would be great. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on again, Ryan, and sharing your in-depth knowledge on the HERS data trends. Thanks for having me, Bill. All right. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast, where Ryan Mears shared with us the data trends in energy-efficient homes, the 2023 report. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or join the email list. There's a ton of resources there at ResNet. Quote for today by Brittany Kaiser, an American businesswoman, data is the most valuable asset in the world. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us, R-E-S-N-E-T dot U-S. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone, produced by William P. Spone, LLC, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. We would appreciate a review on iTunes or on the podcast app. This will help others find the show. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk.